This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. On today's episode, I sit down with a man who shares his story of being blindsided with a breakup six years into a relationship with his girlfriend who he lived with at the time. This happened during COVID while he was already going through a challenging time in his life. He shares how his breakup impacted his mental health and what his recovery journey has been like, which included seeking therapy and psychiatry for the first time, experimenting with different mental health professionals to find the right one, contacting the suicide hotline, creating daily routines, discovering new hobbies and passions, learning which friends to go through for which kind of support, and more. This episode may be triggering for those with suicidal thoughts. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. If you haven't tried Mindset Wellness CBD or any CBD for that matter, you are missing out. 
Mindset Wellness CBD's products, all of their gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and they taste incredible. They've helped my anxiety. They've helped me sleep at night, and I couldn't recommend them more highly. Head to MindsetWellnessCBD.com and use code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. And welcome to the Unfiltered episode. Thank you so much to our anonymous guest for being here. Why don't you introduce yourself and share what you're here to talk about today? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm anonymous. Um, I live in Miami, Florida. Um, here to talk about a long-term breakup um, that occurred that kind of changed my whole life around. Um, and all the struggles and challenges that went along with that. Um, I can give a little backstory of like how the relationship started and then go into like, don't need to go in through all <laughs> the years. Um, this is a six year relationship. So it was a pretty long relationship. Um, I kind of only conveniently every relationship I get into, it gets longer. <laughs> so this is like the longest one I've been in. Um, but we met in college. We kind of had mutual friends. Uh, we kind of just started out as friends and then kind of like slid into like a friends with benefits kind of relationship. And then we both kind of caught feelings for each other. And then we kind of a little bit slid into a relationship um, until we actually made a determinate, uh, a determinate uh, choice to actually be in a relationship. Um, we decided to do long distance for a little bit because I was a senior while she was a sophomore in college. So we were doing long distance after I left college. Um, and that was a little bit of a struggle. Um, cause you know, long distance is never fun. You kind of have to be more intentional. You have to make more time. You have to be able to communicate a little bit more, mostly through text and call sometimes FaceTime, depending on, how you're feeling or wanting to do that. Um, and then about three years ago, decided to move down here um, and move in with her. Um, we had been dating for four years at that time. So after about four years of dating, we decided to move in. Um, she, we, I moved in with her and her roommate. And then after about a, like, a little less than a year of that, the roommate decided to leave um, to, you know, find our own space and, you know, allowed us to find our own space. So we ended up getting a space together. And then the real part of the story really hits when COVID hits. Um, I had the unfortunate luckiness um, of already working from home when COVID struck. So I got really lucky there and I was in school and my school was all online. So I kind of just, it was like work, school and working out and then just hanging with my my ex at the time was literally my day-to-day -day life. There wasn't much else we could do. Um, she was still working, but through like COVID struggles, um, my anxiety really peaked. Um, in general, that's when I like first reached out to like therapy and such um, in the early days of 2020. Um, and then everything started to go slowly downhill when the fall hit of 2020. I had the unfortunate time of uh, my mother wanting to retire and 
it says unfortunate because she still wanted to work, but her job was like, we don't want to continue in the business anymore. Um, so like, they're like, we're closing up. Like we've been doing this for way too long and COVID's taken too much on us. So like, we're just going to retire and then kind of put her in a retirement situation. And then that's when she decided to move to be closer to my, um, to my siblings and their kids, which they live States away now. Um, so not only did I have the joyous time of like going back to my childhood home and like going through all the memories of the childhood home. I also had to come up with, I had to face the fact that now my parents are not a drive away. They're a flight away because otherwise I'd have to drive like two days work just to go see them. Um, so that plus we had pets that I never got to say goodbye to um, because they, they, found them homes right before I came for Thanksgiving. And they're like, well, we found them homes. We can't wait on it. So I never really got to say goodbye to like some of my pets that I've had for 15 plus years. I mean, I, they don't live with me anymore, but like, you know, I remember when we got them when I was a teenager, an early teenager. So like they're, they're older animals, but they're still family. And now didn't have that. And then um, after the fall, uh, sting, things with friends started to pick up. We had a wedding to go to. Um, we kind of, we each went to our respective like bachelor, bachelorette weekends and whatnot because we were each part of the bridal party. Um, and we were in communication, you know, here and there. It wasn't like we needed to, we were pretty good about communic like text communication, I'll say. Um, but communication as a whole we weren't like oh i need to know exactly where you are it's just like are you having a good time and you safe and we would like send funny things of what's going on we were there was no like harsh jealousy of like what each other were doing and whatnot and like we came back there was um you know we had a lot of passion which when we both re reconnected um, cause we hadn't seen each other in just a weekend. It wasn't even that long, but it was a while. Um, and so that was like, everything was returning to normal. We were getting ready for the weekend. Um, uh, the wedding weekend, which was like a couple week, weeks, weeks out. And, um, as the week went on, she got a little distance which I just thought because of the stress and usually the bridal side of a wedding is a little more stressful than the groom side. Um, I was just really, I mean, I took off days before the wedding just because I was just like, listen, I'm taking days off. I'm not the best man, but like, if you need me, you know, reach out, I'll be free for all the days. All I'm going to be doing is homework so that I can completely commit my time on your day to you and whatnot because they're both like my best friends um they're kind of like each one half of a best friend but they're marrying each other um and as the week went on like it got a little distance and then on one of the nights uh she had kind of like an emotional breakdown um which i'm not like i wouldn't say took me off guard or anything and didn't really scare me. It was just like she was having a, make, uh, a mental breakdown, um, asking whether or not 
I still have like butterfly feelings for her. Yeah. So um, during the mental breakdown, it was kind of like, do I still have butterflies for her? Um, And that's kind of where we like diverged a little on like what the feeling of love really is because my feeling wasn't of butterflies. I am trying to explain that. I was just like, usually when I see her either coming home or just being in her presence was more of just peace and more of just knowing that everything is going to be okay. As opposed to like this, all this excitement and such. And like, I don't know if I've ever really gotten butterflies It's more of like, I now know after doing so much like self-development and just random like readings, podcasts and audiobooks that like a lot of butterflies comes from like anxious thinking. So um, I don't, I never really like gave into those anxious feelings. It was kind of more of like, do I actually feel something for this person other than anxiety? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, we were, we didn't really like resolve her mental break in that time. Cause she had it right before we went to bed. Um, and then she woke up, we woke up in the morning. I went to work. Um, we kind of had our normal day. Um, like she even left, like nothing went, like happened the night before. And like, we even kissed goodbye, like normal and everything. And I was planning for the evening, you know, texting her like, Hey, do you want to do something a little different? You know, you know, go out, maybe have a date night. If you want to invite friends or just us, you know, let me know and I'll make a reservation. Uh, just, just to ensure that we don't have to like sit and wait anywhere. Um, and she was like down for that. And then out of nowhere, it was a, I need to go to a friend's house, um, a relative's house. I mean, uh, and I was like, okay, is everything okay? And then it was just a, I have to do what's best for me. And I'm like, I don't, I'm like, okay. Like I'm was kind of concerned on the point that like, I thought someone had like passed away or like something tragic happened. Um, She kind of went radio silent and like MIA for like 24 hours. I knew she was at the relative's house um, just because uh, like her friends get me, well, I kind of asked the friends to keep in touch because I was just like, I'm kind of concerned because I didn't get really much direction or communication of like what was wrong or what was going on. So I was just like, please, if you can get in touch with her, please just make sure she's safe or like no one is dying. Um, I had to have a friend come over that night just to keep my anxiety under check and not like basically be stupid and go over there myself um and then the following day i woke up um still hadn't heard from her um like have we each have our tracking of each other just because we move around so much um and traffic down here is crazy so like you always want to make sure (laughs) driving wise if it's taking a little bit longer you know it's traffic wise and someone didn't get into an accident or something Um, so like I had tracking, no, she still had her relatives. And then like, she made plans to meet up with one of the friends that's getting married. I'm like, why is none of this 
like communicated. I didn't even know that you were meeting up with them today. Usually I at least get a like, Hey, I'm going to meet up with this friend. I'm like, okay, well, if, since it wasn't a joint thing, I'm assuming it's just you two. That's fun. Have, you know, go do that and I'll do whatever I need to do. But like, I didn't even get the heads up that she was going to go meet with that friend. She never did meet with the, um, our friend because um, then she wanted to talk. That was like the text I got like, Hey, we should talk. And I'm like, yeah, we kind of should. I don't know where you've been the last 24 hours or what's been going on. Um, and she came back to like our area and that's the only reason like based on knowing on the tracking and everything that she came back to our area, but like sat at like some kind of, uh, cafe for like two hours before coming home. And then that's where she was like, uh, she wanted to break up. And the main reason was like, I'm not in love with you anymore or I'm not in love with you and that she's been thinking about this for like over the last year or so. And that, you know, she still loves me as a person, but not in love with me. And that's like where it really just spiraled down from there. Um, Because I really didn't like her definition and her reasoning behind love was completely different from mine. (laughs) at that point and so like we didn't really have like i was so i was hit with like complete shock of this because i was just like why can't we just talk through whatever our difference is whatever the problem is i know we're not the best at communicating feelings we're both pretty guarded when it comes to our feelings we both know that but that doesn't mean we can't work at it um i'm a huge fixer that's part of it's a gift and a curse, I guess, the way you like look at those things. Um, but she didn't really want to do any of that. She was completely done. Um, she So she went to go stay with the relative that night. And I had to like text the best friend that was going to meet up with her. But um, they were kind of like, they're more of my friends than they are of the, hers. Uh, she only knows them through me. Um, and they became friends just over this, you know, the multiple years that we dated um, and hung out all together. Um, so I sent out a text to them that like, cause like I was completely in shock and paralyzed from that. Um, and that's when it like went from there. Um, and then basically went into like a deep depression from there. Um, I had the lucky time of already having like all these, uh, appointments already set up for previously, like just getting overly stressed with life, the previous things that already happened. So literally the following week, I already, I called out of work just cause I wasn't gonna be able to focus that day. And so I just went to a doctor's appointment as opposed to anything else. And I had like, I saw my primary care. I saw my, uh, I got an emer- kind of like an emergency therapy session with a therapist. I hadn't yet me- met my psychiatrist yet. Um, I was kind of setting up a psychiatry appointment, but I kind of like called the office and asked for like, what do you have available for like a therapist? Like today, this immediately, week, immediately as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. As, like whatever. And so I set one up that week and that's um, even as like that week, like she even wanted to move fast of like, what are we doing with our apartment? I'm like, this is only like four days after 
the break and i'm like well we have a lease for like that's good for like seven months like i don't know what you want to do and i'm can't even really think about that because of like everything else i have to now process yeah well a few things i want to kind of call out like i think the biggest like the most shocking thing is that this happened for in your mind like from your perspective this happened overnight like she you guys came back from the bachelor and bachelorette parties everything was great and then like in the coming weeks things were fine and like you guys were stressed but whatever and then she just asked this question and like what really stood out to me was that she wanted to know that you had if you had butterflies which like having butterflies for someone like you said like that is a sign of anxiety usually and what you described when you said that when you come home to her you feel like at peace and like you know that everything is going to be okay that is what it's supposed to feel like right yeah I mean it's like it's not supposed like it's weird I guess is like love is kind of boring and like some way if you look at it like love is like really really boring like if you actually look down to like and it comes down to like I I still don't believe that like love is like a feeling I feel like it's almost it's more of a choice um I know that people like well that's a huge debate that people argue all the time but like I'm still under the belief that it's a choice because um you know infatuation obsession passion all those like feelings those like rise and fall because they're emotions like but feel but love you like you could be angry. Like there's been times that like she annoys the hell out of me or like she angered me or like she just did something that didn't make sense to me. And I'm just like, like got kind of upset about it. But then it's just like, you're not mad. It's like, no, I'm mad, but like, I'm not like mad at you, I guess is the best way to put it. Like I'm mad at the situation that we've been placed in regardless that you there could be a potential chance for you to have caused that. I don't care about that. I'm just mad about the situation. I still love you. And I feel that we could work through anything and everything. I always say to like friends when they talk about like those things, like you could probably work through a majority of things as long as it doesn't involve like cheating and murder. Like, and if you could work through those two things, I don't know what you're doing, but like, yeah. Like you have some secret sauce that like nobody else has, but I don't know how to work. I wouldn't know how to work through either of those two things, but anything else is really just comes down to like a communication thing and an effort, you know, working at it. Um, so yeah, I, in the coming like days and weeks after the breakup, having to like find a therapist and a psychiatrist that worked for me was also challenging. Um, finding mental health providers just in general, regardless if you you know about the healthcare system or not is challenging. And then you have to be able to like connect with those providers um, where it's not like a, where like other doctors where you're like, Oh, I just care that you know what you're doing and want to see you. Whereas it's like, I have to feel comfortable enough to like put down a lot of walls and open up to you. Like the psychiatrist and me, I had to find, I'm, on my sec third psychiatrist because like the one that I found right after the breakup kind of just wanted to push a little more of like pills right in the sense and like that's when I ended up um just being on way too much medication yeah um and that was not good it wasn't helping me go through it it was just kind of making me it was putting putting me on a complete autopilot 
like I would go through the day. I don't know what, like people would ask me, it's like, you know, how are things going? You know, if they were checking in and it's just like, I'm kind of planning things on a day to week basis. If you talk outside of a day or a week, I'm not, I can't help you. Yeah. So like, don't ask me about like, what are your plans in this month? Cause I don't even know what my plans are at the end of the week. Like you're, you're, you're way too far at planning. And I'm like on autopilot, just in survival, trying to get through the days and the weeks and then having to move again on top of this, because we had to like, separate the apartment we weren't gonna both live there or cohabitate um and so i moved close even closer to my friends who recently got married just because since my parents moved out of state they're the only family i kind of have left for support so i kind of moved closer to them um but i ended up finding a psychiatrist that works so that's been helpful recently What were some of the signs for you that like one wasn't right or another one was, I know you mentioned like you could tell this, this one specific doctor was kind of trying to just like push pills. I know for me, I had a similar experience when I first started going to therapy and, and got a psychiatrist. It was during like a really, really rough breakup that I was going through. And, and like, I literally think I'd reached out to like 27 different places just being like, do you have someone who can see me like, how soon like and the first person that responded is like the guy I ended up going to who it's been like four years now and he's still my therapist but do I think he is necessarily like the right therapist for me I have no idea but I like needed someone and so I went to him but then like I could tell that my psychiatrist like I've gone to three different ones over the years and like I don't like any of them so like I don't really know what it's like to really like find a mental health professional that I have clicked with. I think it's the way I was able to um, like differentiate like the therapist, um, the one that I kind of still been seeing. I even tried locating another therapist just in general, but I kind of still reverted back to the therapist I found because it just, there were times that it was working. Like sometimes I don't feel I'm as challenged in therapy to like open up a little bit, but um it has been helping and like i'm kind of still in like a stage where any progress is probably better than no progress so being like outside of therapy is probably not smart but with psychiatry like the first one that i saw um who was not only pushing pills is like also like a red flag most psychiatrists when you like probably get to them they'll want to give you some type of medication anyways depending on what you're you know, telling them and what like symptoms you're explaining. But the one that the first one that didn't work, it was just basically his rhetoric for how he was talking. Um, Like I told him like everything that was going on, but then like, there were just times like, so are you ready to get back on the horse? I'm like, what are you talking about? Dating horse? Like (laughs) what what, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, this is not, this is not a conversation that like, like that I feel is, any helpful and any bit like are you over the other thing to like go back on the horse and I'm like I don't really know how to like answer this metaphor right like I'm ready to get back on the horse that allows me to not cry all day long right that's the Uh, horse I want to go on (laughs) like when people ask like what do you want it's like I would rather just have inner inner peace like that's it like that if that's the horse you're talking about sure let's get on that one where everything's peaceful like I'm not waking up wondering like 
is today going to be a good day, a bad day? What kind of day are we going to have? Like, that's the, that's what I want to, and so, um, just working with him was just very difficult. Um, he seemed like to have a very older sense of psychiatry. Um, so when I found a younger, um, psychiatrist that kind of like more to my age, um, we were able to connect and she was a little bit, um, more subtle with medication. She was like, let's, we don't need to go like, you know, gun ho, like put everything in you. Like we, like we could start little and you might see amazing progress. Like, I don't like, I don't really like to go full on anyways. Um, so let's just start something small and go from there, continue therapy and everything else. And I have the unfortunate, like, unfortunate time. I have a, do have a bad experience with psychiatry because I used to go to psychiatry for uh, most of my youth for behavior and mood swings and such. So um, I spent about like five, five to eight years in psychiatry treatment, but I'd never felt the psychiatrist ever really connected with me. And I also felt that I was now looking back on it. I felt I was too young to really, um, it's too young to actually appreciate it or actually utilize it. They always say that, you know, psychiatry is probably good for teenagers and such, you know, give them the tools they need before they have the crisis so that they have, they have the ability to handle the crisis themselves. However, if they can't, if they don't want to accept the tools, then it's almost a, a moot point at that, at, at that. But yeah, also, I'm sure I mean, if you're being told to go to something as a kid, the last thing you want to do is actually embrace it and be like, yeah, you're right. This was a good choice. I needed this. Right. So like now it's like seeking out because you want to be a better person. Um, like I've even questioned just like over the years, like not over the years, over the last few months, it's just like, was I the problem? Like, was I the narcissist? Was I the toxic one? And um, I know I'm not any of those things. And this is probably one of the one stories where I don't even think there is a villain in this story, unfortunately. I mean, like, not really, unfortunately, but like, there's not really a visit, uh, a villain in this story. Like, my ex is not evil, is not mean, is not crazy for doing this. She probably unfortunately saw things that either A, I wouldn't see, B, will not ever have seen, and C, would never have done. Yeah. Because of like my mentality to want to fix anything and everything, um, I don't think I would have done any of that. So I don't feel like in this like story, there is anyone at fault. It was just a bad match. Do you think that made it harder for you to process it um, because there was no, no, no one was at fault. There was no one to blame. There was no one situation you could pinpoint as like the start of the problem. So I feel like it's, I know for me, I think that would make me struggle a lot more. I mean, it makes me blame myself a little bit more than I blame like my ex um, just because I can only see the things that I, my shortcomings and such. Like, even if I bring up 
like the shortcomings of her, there were times that like, I was like, okay, I, that's not a deal breaker that you can't express emotions and I feel emotions so deeply that I can dissect them into every little tiny thing to tell you whether I'm not I'm frustrated or I'm upset, which to some people might seem like the same emotion, but they're not. Or if I'm like frustrated or annoyed, not the same thing for me. Like I could be frustrated if I'm working on something by myself. I could be annoyed if it's an external thing um, and I'm able to feel too many emotions too deeply and she just didn't want to express any emotions too much. So it made her guarded and then it made me too, in a way I don't really like to use the word sensitive or just empathic or an empathy in any way, because I don't feel I'm that type of person. I'm just feel the emotions too deeply. Um, so I really, it has been a struggle to, to really put like, create that closure um, and really come to terms with it. Cause there is no like at fault. There is no point of no return where it's just like, Oh, after this, there was nothing we could have done. It was downhill from there. It was just like, a bunch of things adding up and I think the hardest part is just being told that after so many years they don't love you anymore and then like even going back to the part where like they've been thinking about it for such a long time it's just like so then all the time then it makes you question so all the times you did say you love me while you were thinking this and not expressing this to me um you weren't actually feeling that so yeah. like that becomes very challenging. Um, it struggles with like self-worth, uh, self-identity. Um, like now, like I tell friends, it's just like within the last like, you know, six months, I feel like I've aged mentally like 10 years where it's now I'm like, I'm still young, but I feel like I'm like have such an older mind just based on everything that I've had to like, force myself to age through the last couple of months and have so many different breakthroughs in like various areas. And it's, and it's funny, like I'll tell like working with my therapist and I have a friend who's uh, who works in therapy. So I kind of get like um, after hours therapy, if I ever need it um, where it's just like, you'll make breakthroughs. And that's like the, the, uh, the unfortunate part about like therapy is that you'll make breakthroughs in things that, is not your like primary thing that you wanted to make a breakthrough in. Yeah. And it's just like, I really wanted to make a breakthrough in the depression, not making a breakthrough in like, I don't know why it was like struggling with like certain anger issues. It was just like, like, that's great that I made that breakthrough, but like, I still have sh trouble focusing and like cooperate or like just working through the day. Like I still struggle there, but well, at least this issue is resolved whenever it like comes up again. And now it made me a little bit more free going in that. But do you think that ultimately everything that you've had to go through since the breakup has made you like a better version of you and, and somebody that you're like, you look at yourself now and you're more maybe proud of versus like the person you were before, even though obviously this was not what you wanted to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's not something I would have wanted. And even people that I dislike, I would be like, I don't ever want you to have to suffer like true severe depression 
um, with intrusive thoughts and all of that that comes with um, even suicidal thoughts and such. Like I would never wish that upon even people I dislike and don't want anything to do with um, because you're really battling yourself. But I always phrase like this type of question was like, if I've ever been asked is like, what would you want back or even change? It was just like, I don't want her back. I don't want the relationship back. I don't even want the old me back. All I want back is that inner peace where like, it just feels like something is missing and something where like you woke up and you just wanted to take the day. Like you didn't feel like you needed to have a plan just so that you would stop thinking. Right. So I think that like, I can't, I have a hard time with like still that self like worth part of like being like confident in what I've gained and being truly proud, but I'm glad of moving through it and growing because of it. Yeah. I mean, even just the way you're able to tell the story and, and share what you felt and and the different parts of it, like is really, really, really impressive. I think it took me like two or three years after the situation I went through that like rocked my fucking world, like shattered my fucking world to be able to like really tell it. Um, so you obviously have really like worked through a lot and, and that's, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, so I said, I think I got really lucky just having like, I was, I had a doctor's appointment like the the weekend right after the breakup and the, I even was telling the primary care, even though that they really can't do anything and you get the, like, I remember, I think it was you, uh, you mentioned it on one of your other podcasts about like the surveys about, you know, it's like, are you down? And it's just like, I checked like 90% of those boxes now on those. Um, and the doctor was like, I really want to do a, like a full plant panel blood test. And we're going to do like an extra one. And then like, he called me up the next day and was like, your vitamin D is severely low, which is also a contributor to depression on the same part. And it's just like, so you're not really helping like this on top of this, on top of all of this, and then not having the right vitamins in your body to like combat any of this. It's like, you're really struggling. I was like, I want to put you on like a vitamin supplement um, so that, and you need to go outside even more. Um, and just get more sunlight on top of taking all this vitamin D um, so that you can get back. And I just think having, just being that fortunate to like already have that like set up um, and then scheduling like the, you know, emergency therapy session that week and then been doing it every week ever since then, I think has been really helpful. And then on top of that, like searching for ways outside of therapy uh, psychiatry, school, work, finding other ways to um, aid in your um, your therapy journey and your healing journey, I think is very beneficial. Like I found a way to like read more than ever. I've jumped into audiobooks like crazy where like now I've I read more audio or I've listened to more audiobooks than I've had read books in my life in this past year. Um, And I think that that has really helped. And then podcasts like yours have really helped. I kind of use it as part of my get like 
out and walk. Um, I end up walking around the neighborhood for a couple miles and I listen to your podcast and other people. And I think that just being able to put yourself into like other situations that may not necessarily be um, directly impacting you, but then thinking through how you would handle the situation has been really beneficial to like listen to some of these stories, um, listen to other people's stories and be able to connect with some of these. I remember one of your other ones was like on with someone with anxiety um, uh, very early on. And I was just like, yeah, it almost seems like you had depression on top of that. And I was just like, I can really connect with this person because um, yeah. I unfortunately have both. And that's never fun to like be, you know, be sad about the past, but then be worrying about the future and putting that together. It's just like, you can't even live in the present. So I, yes, yes, is my response to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, well, thank you for taking me on walks. I love, I love when people tell me they listen to me on walks because it makes me feel like I've done something productive and I've gone for a walk for the day, even though I didn't. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I, I love all of that. I, I know, sometimes when you go through a breakup or you're in depression, I mean, all you want to do is stay in bed. All you want to do is like not go to work, not do these things. And then to even think about doing something beyond that, whether it's going for a walk or reading or trying to get back into an old hobby or pick up a new hobby. Like it is so difficult to get yourself to go to those things, to pick up those things, to do them. And, and while it's so difficult, it's also one of the most important things you can do. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think like I struggled mostly with like just eating. <laughs> that oh, was yeah. probably like the biggest thing I ended up losing um, like a ton of weight just because I think the only thing I was drinking water because that was like a habit. Um, so like that was really all I was doing. Um, and like when I would get to work, I'd end up just like kind of like staring at the screen and not really like working. I even I mean, I even struggle a little bit today just because I'm like less interested in my, in my work at this point. Um, and I'm getting a little like burnt out because of it, um, and everything, but yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's a big struggle. And then like the self, uh, like sabotage or hatred of it, of like then feeling bad that you didn't do anything just adds to you not doing more, not things. So like once once you get a routine that actually is helpful, you got to stick to it. Yeah, without a doubt. One thing I want to um, go back to, because this is something you wrote in your email that hasn't come up yet. And I think it's something that would be really good to talk about and something that hasn't really been discussed on an episode before. So you mentioned that um, in, I think, the night after the breakup, um, you you said you were woken up in the middle of the night to very detailed and real thoughts of suicide and death. And you reached out to the hotline on numerous occasions. Um, and I'm curious what that process was like for you, like why you decided to call the hotline and, and if it was helpful and just how it went. Um, yeah. So like the one, the night afterwards um, was probably the harder one just because it was so surreal. Um and it was just way too detailed. Um, and that's, I guess, when I knew that in and of itself, that thought and how detailed it was that something wasn't right. Um, 
And that's when I reached out. Um, the process is very simple. Um, I've used both processes. I've used their like hotline where you actually call in. Um, and I've used the text one for like later dates, um, when they're like less detailed and like, you don't really have specific thought plans or anything. Um, but it's very like with the phone call one, you just call and you'll get someone. Um, and they'll obviously assess you, um, to try to figure out what is your, um, kind of level of threat. Like what are you going to actually act on this thought or any other thought similar to this where you might hurt yourself or someone else? Um, and, uh, I was lucky that like, I was more of just paralyzed with the thought. So I couldn't really like do anything. Um, so they ended up just talking me, like kind of trying to calm me down in it. Um, and talking through and then having me reach out to, um, family members, friends, and then mental health providers, which they were part of the reason, like I scheduled like an emergency one because it was just like, these thoughts are too real. And like, that's when I knew, like, you know, sometimes people will joke, joke about like, Oh, I'd rather die than go to work. Or it's just like, okay, that's not as real as just being like, you're like every single detail of it was just very specific, very detailed. And plus when you wake up from like a deep sleep in it, like, and you weren't thinking about it before you went to bed, it's very concerning where it even came from. And then that's when I knew it was wrong. Um, and it just didn't feel right. And that was like, my only thought was this like, well, I, my friends just left. I don't want to bother them anymore. So I ended up calling the hotline. Um, the text process is probably a little bit easier if you feel uncomfortable calling. There's a text change where they'll still connect you with a licensed uh, mental counselor and you can just text through their um, online like chat room. And that has helped for when times where you're just feeling very low key, um, like very down and you're still having like intrusive thoughts and like, you're not really sure what to do. And that was in a time where I had a little bit more energy and I was less paralyzed by the thought. So like, it wasn't specific. It was more of just like, I don't want to be alive. And it was too real to like articulate to my friends. So that's when I used the text line. Um, I also felt that sometimes um, I felt like, I was wasting the text, like the hotlines time just in general. So I do like encourage like people that you're not wasting the time. If you feel you need that, um, no one else can tell you what you do and do not need. So definitely reach out. Um, that's one thing that, um, I've learned through like, not just the hotline process, but through this whole thing that if you need help, all you really have to do is just ask, you'll be very surprised who will come help. Yeah. It's, I know it's hard and sometimes scary to ask for help. And especially 
I think in the moments where we, when we need it the most. And I, I think you made a really good point where it was, it was almost like too, too real to explain to your friends, which is why you reached out to the hotline. And I think that's something that's really important to, for people to realize is like, there are a lot of things that your friends can be there for and and will support you through. And of course they will always want to be there for you, but sometimes they might not be the right people for something. And if you're in a situation like that, like it was probably the smartest thing you could do to actually go to the hotline instead of your friends, because talking to someone from the hotline is someone who can actually help. And yes, your friends can be there and, and support you, but you already know that they're there supporting you. Yeah, and I had, um, I've had like friends like either show up or even show down on it. Where like one friend was, you know, trying to convince me that like even like a couple, like we weren't even talking like two months after the breakup that depression was a choice. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I'm not choosing this. I would have chosen any other, like, I'll choose to keep depression. I mean, choose to keep anxiety, but get rid of depression. Like, oh, I can handle anxiety. Can't handle, can't handle depression and anxiety, and definitely can't just handle depression. Like, I, I wouldn't choose this. And then I've had other friends like show up where they even did their own like research and like go into different topics on how they can be more supportive. And you really find out which friends like you can lean on for which topics like so I have friends that I lean on for like if I'm having more intrusive thoughts or I'm having more of a down day like I know which friends I can go to for that and then other friends they're there to like pick me up to like show me the good of life and whatnot and that's you know take me out of my own world so that I'm not stuck in my head um so you really like your all your friends do care, but they each have their own skill set to be able to handle certain things, not only within their own life, but within their friend's life. So you really have to figure out where your friends can actually like assist and then lean on them for that support. Yeah, I think that's underratedly like one of the most like I don't want to say important, but it's like one of the best things you can do for yourself in your friendships, because otherwise you're going to, you're going to get upset with people when you go to them, when you need something and they're not giving you that you're, they're giving you something else, but it's not because they're any worse of a friend than someone else. It's just because we're all different and our differences are shaped by our unique experiences. And so one person might really just not get what you're going through and might say like, oh, well, you're choosing to like feel miserable and stay in bed all day. And it's like, mm. No, that is not the case, but it's not their fault for not understanding because they haven't experienced it or been close to somebody who's experienced it before. Right. And so that makes it a little challenging when they, like their experience level is not the same and you re but you do really find out like which friends will actually support you. Um, like I had a friend actually do more research just in general and read up more on like everything that I'm going through just so that they could be more supportive and then you have friends that'll just be their same supportive and then friends that like, you know, downgrade. And like, it's not to say that just because that friend like downgraded support and anything doesn't mean they're any less of your friends. You just have to figure out where they, where they fit in your life 
uh, if you still want to maintain that friendship. Maybe it's just to have fun times with them and only, you know, get out, uh, you know, and have a good time. Maybe that's that friend. But like other friends are not only there for a good time, but want to support your mental health. Other friends want to support your dating life. I don't, you know, it just really depends, you know, what that what that friend's experience is and how they can support you. Exactly. And and I think it's okay. Like it's, it's okay for somebody to downgrade in one area and upgrade in another, like friendships change over time. And, and I think that's something that is really difficult for us to process and be okay with, but it's something that as you get older and as we all experience different things and, and have different things happen to us, um, is something that is inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was incredible. And I really, I know I said it before, but like, I'm impressed and I'm proud. And I hope you're proud of yourself for how far you've come. It's, it honestly really is inspiring. Um, and I think it's something that we don't, we don't hear about often, like the actual work that gets put in. Usually we see someone who like, oh, like they got, went through a breakup and then the next thing we know, like, oh, they're doing great. And we don't really get to to learn about everything that happens in between. And it's something that I can relate to. I'm sure most of the people listening to this can relate to. And and you spoke about everything really so beautifully. Yeah, it's 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 a sure a journey. Um, like I've even like ventured back into the dating world. Um casually but like slowly um and back now, out on that horse yeah as the psychiatrist <laughs> said it's like back out on that horse um but that's been like slow and i've not really like jumped all into it um and now i'm kind of like on a hiatus break from it just because of the holidays and i'm not feeling as intentional in my dating life um so like you know telling rejecting people was more difficult than getting rejected yeah it's just like i'd prefer to get rejected than be the one rejecting because then now i like just cause someone to potentially be upset as opposed to like oh getting rejected i'm upset for five minutes decided to go get a coffee i'm good to go for the rest of the day there's nothing i can do to change that other person's mind i was still in the do i even like you right enough like I'm still figuring that part out. You've already figured that out. You've saved me the trouble. I can like put this this page away, I guess, or whatever like metaphor you want to use for that. It's like I don't need to do. But when you're rejecting, it's like you feel it for a couple of days, and it's just like crap. I feel like I'm like it seemed like this person may have been more interested in me than I was in them, and that hurts a little bit more. So now it's just like with the holidays and everything. It's just like, I don't want to play the whole, like, do we get Christmas gifts for right. someone we're dating that we're not, like, fully in a relationship with? I don't want to deal with all of that. We'll wait till the new year. Maybe 2022 <laughs> well, will be a little bit better. We're almost there. It's coming It's coming right around the corner. Yes, it is indeed. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you so much for listening to Unfiltered. Give a five-star rating, review, send to a friend who might need to hear this, and we'll talk to you soon. 